I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Merry 2020, everybody. Welcome to Soups the Podcast. I am Julio Gallarotti. I am joined by Francis Ellis. Wonderful guy, if you guys don't already know. Yeah. We're here with Chris, our producer. We're having a good time. We feel good to be back in the saddle. And, you know, 2020, baby. Yeah. Wow. Everyone's talking about it. Are they? I, don't, I think they are. Oh. Hmm. The new decade. People have got to find something to talk about. Yeah. Well, do you know what was last night? The Golden Globes. That's right. Did you watch Ricky Gervais's opening monologue? I didn't watch any of it. It, it was it was, uh, it was good. intense. Really? He ha- held no punches. Good for him. You know what? And the great part was the whoever was producing the show, the camera operator, kept panning to the audience reactions. And, you know, they're they're cutting in on Tom Hanks and Gwyneth Paltrow. Maybe not her. Uh, but, you know, uh, what's her fucking name? The one who wins all... Meryl Streep. Oh, yeah. So you're getting all the reactions from all these people. And, like, it was amazing. Some people reacted very well leonardo dicaprio you know yeah he told a very funny joke about him he said uh you know leonardo dicaprio watched uh the irishman the movie was so long that by the time it was over his girlfriend was too old for him <laughs> and it cut to leo and leo's <laughs> laughing his head off and everyone's like fuck yeah i love leonardo dicaprio That's right great. and then you had a couple cutaways to some especially some older actors and actresses mm. Who are like, is there a chance they couldn't hear? It's, uh, I don't know. They were grimacing, dude. They were like Anthony Hopkins just can't hear what's happening. Yeah, they were full on grimacing. Oh, they were? Yeah. Now, De Niro and Scorsese both laughed, but um, I I think the the Scorsese dig was pretty pretty low key. I mean, nobody's really coming after him. Mm -hmm. He was too short to ride theme parks or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but then there were some others. I remember that that just looked like, I remember thinking like, really, Tom Hanks or, you know, whoever else, you can't laugh at this shit. And it was all about, it was all kind of a takedown of Hollywood and the red carpet Hmm. based on, a lot of it was based on um, Harvey Weinstein digs and like uh, Ronan Farrow's book. That was the big one that kind of separated the audience. And I just finished Ronan Farrow's book. I remember you telling me about it. It's called Catch and Kill. And it's the expose of the whole outing of Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer and a few others. But the the real crazy part about this book, if you haven't read it, you should go read Catch and Kill right now. It's the behind the scenes of all the shit that came out in 2016 that started the whole Me Too movement. It's been that long? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And he's just going to, I don't know, trial now, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. He's in New York. Well, I guess, yeah, Bombshell was like a pretty uh, popular one for the awards season. So, Oh, that's the that's That kind of leads right into it a little bit. Was that about Roger Ailes that and was, Megyn yeah. Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Did you I watch that? Yeah, I didn't love it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, it was all right. Um, Is it sexist to say you didn't like that movie? No, no. I, just, I don't know. I didn't, I'd be too scared to say I didn't like it. I was excited about it, and then I just feel like it wasn't like incredible. You know? I finally saw Joker. Oh yeah, I saw it too. Holy Pretty shit! Cool, what right? a movie! Yeah, I like that Dude. one. Dude, 
I like the Irishman a lot too, dude. Have you watched it? I did. I did like that quite a lot. I liked it a it lot. It was understated. And I didn't want to watch it. I was like, oh God. I was like, these guys playing the same parts. They're so old. This is going to suck. And I just thought it was so good. It was so different. Yeah. yeah. It was It was really good. Um, um, but dude, we're talking about, I don't, I don't want to get off subject. Yeah. I was thinking about Ronan the Gervais Farrow, stuff too. Yeah. So, so Ricky Gervais said, um, he said like everybody here tonight is afraid of Ronan Farrow mm-hmm. because Ronan Farrow has been coming after everyone. And the thing about his book that I found really interesting was, you know, obviously it focuses on the horrors of Harvey Weinstein's behavior and all the people he abused and raped and all that. And it's fucking horrific. But there were a lot of peripheral players that contributed to the shelving of that story. Ah, right. And I'm talking, dude, <laughs> big people, Hillary Clinton. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, Tom, uh, Brokaw was a little bit implicit. Uh, Pharaoh does not, first of all, Ronan Farrow is the son of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen. Right. And Woody Allen has a very sordid past of sexual abuse himself, including uh, allegations of abusing Ronan's eight-year-old sister at the time. Wow. Um, yeah. And he goes into detail about that. Jesus. And not only that, but of course, then Woody Allen, of course, ended up divorcing his wife to marry her daughter i mean the guy's just you know and mia farrow at the time honestly like i watched rosemary's baby not too long ago this is maybe the most one of the most beautiful women i've ever seen in my oh life. yeah like that time period mia farrow was like untouchable and not you know people are going to be weird regardless of how beautiful their wife is it's like time after time but i feel like that to me just makes it you know, one percent worse. That you would be you have literally so the most gorgeous uns- woman yeah. on earth, and then you just pull the biggest one eighty in history. Well, I guess what they say, right, <laughs> is that you know, a guy eats steak every night. Right. I know. At some point he's gonna want veal. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, I, I understand that. And like pretty fucked up joke I just told. Did you hear that? That was pretty <laughs> I, good. That was, that was pretty veal up. representing children. Okay. No, and I'm not naive. Like I under, I understand that every single one of these stories, it's always like some guy who's dating the hottest girl and he like bangs the nanny. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck? I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, that book uh, is really ruffling some feathers. Huh? Yeah. You wouldn't blame Mia Farrow for cheating on Woody Allen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would be a little less. You'd be like, yeah. He's a well. four. That dude is a four at best. <laughs> you know do you know what happens to me during award season i watch too many movies and then it just fucks up with my brain like i was walking in here before and i saw a guy sitting in a con ed truck and i was like my instinct was like that guy's the feds <laughs> <laughs> anyone wearing a hard hat yeah is just just works you know, for the feds works for the feds like they're just wiretapping us it could be dude so pharaoh that's what happened to ronan pharaoh as he was researching this story they uh Weinstein and co, they hired uh, an Israeli intelligence outfit called Black Cube to tail him and dig up dirt on him. And this is kind of what they'd been doing. Uh, Every time anyone tried to crack the Harvey Weinstein story, uh, he was able to silence them through intimidation and, and, uh, you know, NDAs and all these crazy agreements. I mean... In, in in truth, the bravery of the women who finally came out, broke their NDAs, you know, do, did all this stuff, knowing that women before them 
had lost their careers over trying to speak out about his abuse uh, is, is truly profound. I mean, Agreed. you know, Asia Argento and uh, who's the Ashley Judd, Rose McGowan, Ashley Judd. Um, all these women are, are really, you know, the heroes. I have to say, though, Ronan Farrow, dude, this guy, I mean, they really tried to suppress it. And he was working at NBC News and Noah Oppenheim, who was the head of NBC News, continually stonewalled the progress of his reporting and just kept saying, like, you know, there's not enough here. We're going to shelve this. He would prevent him from interviewing witnesses. Wow. Uh, and that was why Pharaoh eventually had to leave and take the story away from NBC News and bring it to the New Yorker, which is where it eventually ran. Great publication. Yeah. And now, dude, I mean, you read the book, you're like, fuck NBC News. Fuck all these people that were involved in the cover up and the preventing of him of him telling the story. Hillary Clinton, dude, and I'm not like I don't I'm not getting political here, but like he, this was the thing. Harvey Weinstein had such a powerful sphere of influence, not just in Hollywood, in politics, right. in wealthy <clears throat> circles, in media. He was friends with fucking everybody and huge donor right. to Democratic campaigns. Uh, and when the, the piece from Catch and Kill that I remember about Hillary Clinton was that Ronan Farrow was supposed to interview her for a book that he was writing about secretaries of state. And they had the interview lined up. They had a date set, all this stuff. And when it came out that he was working on this story about Harvey Weinstein, uh, Clinton's handler or publicist or whatever it was said um, she was no longer available for the interview. Oh, wow. And then it, only when it became clear that he was actually publishing the story in the New Yorker did they like realize, oh shit, we need to be on the right side of history here, and they agreed quickly to sit back down for the interview. Right, but dude. Yeah. There were there were it's just it's, it's fucked Very up, stressful. man. It's the closest thing you we have to like a true Illuminati, right? You know, as far as we know, yeah. <laughs> but dude, that's true and crazy. Like you have to be so addicted to being a piece of shit. Like yeah. this guy's making gigantic films all the time and also running around trying to silence everybody mm -hmm. and just continuing to like back women into a corner. Literally. It it's went, like really crazy. It, it went on for so many years and he had such a specific technique, which was to like invite these women for a meeting, a lunch meeting. And then it would be changed at the last second to his hotel room the women would go up there, you know, because these are aspiring actresses yeah. and he's this decorated Oscar thanked uh, film producer or whatever. And they'd get up there and he'd ask them for a massage. And next thing you know, he'd like expose himself or thrust them up against a wall, take a shower in front of them. All this crazy shit. And uh, and also like, what's her name? The actress from Us who's on the cover of Us. I forget her name. But she the movie us yeah the isn't that what's called us the 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 Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele one um she's she's she was in name. Twelve Years a Slave yeah, yeah. uh well she he was doing that shit to her when her husband was in the other room no way like they had a meeting yeah some crazy shit like that like uh, Lupita Nyong'o yeah Nyong'o yeah. yeah crazy bro damn 
Um, it's uh, it's pretty fucked. And I mean, obviously, this the Harvey Weinstein story is not a new story, but it is in the news now. And you know, credit to Ricky Gervais for basically just holding up a mirror to the Hollywood elites and basically saying, "You're all fucking complicit," because it was happening so much that there's no way. That everybody in that room last night, the Golden Globes, could be like, well, I had no fucking idea. Right, right. Dude, everybody They've been knew. pretty good about it. They've been pretty good about that the, since that started happening, I feel. Yeah. Like. I think yeah. it's not just... I'm trying to think. I can't think specifically, but... Especially the Golden Globes, they tend to be pretty sharp-edged. Yeah. It's like the fun one, supposedly. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Do you have Do you have an example? Can you think of an example or a time from your life where you saw something happening that didn't sit well with you, but you knew that to speak out against it might not bode well for you, but you did it anyway? Uh... I'm putting you on the spot, and I, I don't, don't, know. I don't Dude, have an I don't, answer. I don't know. I'm sure that I have. I'm sure that nothing like that. I mean, I've never no, watched. No, no, nothing, nothing of no, that I, 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 scale. I know. I've but... never. No, it's okay. I don't mind answering this question. I've never watched somebody do something bad to somebody else, and and like not said anything because I didn't want to fuck myself over. Like I've mm. never been in a position like that. One time, I went to get fitted. You know, way back when, when I was in better shape, I went to get fitted for. Uh, for a underwear thing. And the guy was like touching my asshole. Wait, what? Wait, hold <laughs> the on guy a started second. Touching what do you my mean asshole? fitted for an underwear thing? I think it might've been bullshit. Like this guy found me at a comedy show. He's like, Hey, he's like, would you want to model? You can make some money. I was like, yeah, sure. And then I go. And then he like got me in my underwear and started like feeling my ass and shit. I was like, oh, Jesus. Wait. <laughs> and you're saying actually tippity tapping the hole? Like uh, over the underwear. Was I don't like think that really tickling. matters too much. I mean, it's obviously bad still. I would argue that it's worse in the underwear. It actually sounds pretty great uh, with the right person. So I kind of was like, okay. like I. I... <laughs> but not that guy. Well, not you know, that my guy. girlfriend would be fine. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of was like, okay, like here we go. This is what this is. What did you do? I didn't initially react. Like I didn't like do anything. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, oh boy. So then I just wanted to like get oh boy. Out. Here I, we go. <laughs> I wanted to get out of there without having it be too like uncomfortable and awkward. Uh-huh. And then I kind of like ended it early. I was like, all right, I think I'm just gonna go. But thank you so much. Right. And like whatever. It didn't like that's like the most similar thing that I can recall that's happened to me. Hmm. Uh but no, I don't know. What about you? Well, dude, that's that that brings up an a story that I that sparks up an idea that I had or a memory I have where I was, I was at the. I used to be a member of the Harvard Club in New York City, which sounds a lot douchier than it actually is. It's probably just as douchey. It's as it pretty sounds. douchey. It's pretty <laughs> douchey. It's in fact, it's more so, more so. 
Um, <laughs> so, but it, the reason I was a member was that when you're when you first graduate, it, it's uh, the dues are like three hundred bucks a year, and they have a really good gym, mm-hmm. like incredible gym, oh, okay. and like steam room, sauna, all that shit. So it was the it was like cheaper than fucking Planet Fitness practically, right, right, right. and so they have that for f- the first four years, and then after that they start raising your prices because they assume you're making more money. But for those first four years, I was a member of this place, and the locker room at the Harvard Club is, I mean, it is the elephant graveyard. It is where old men go to fucking sit naked and just talk to each other. Right. It's like the old boys club situation. Dude, there is, yes, there is no coverage whatsoever. You you talk about old men being free and walking around naked and not giving a fuck anymore. The Harvard Club locker room is the epicenter of that. But there's probably no guys jerking off or anything. It's probably like a classy no, outfit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you but their I mean? dicks look terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. they're just shriveled. They barely look like penises. You're like, I could sort of see how that once might have been a dick. You know how much those penises are worth, dude? They're worth a lot. <laughs> very, very expensive. Some fucking expensive cock. Yeah. Dude. So, so okay. I went, I, I like changed, you know, and I wouldn't lavish in nudity, but I would, be, I would, I would get changed and I'd get naked and then put my workout gear on and go work out. And when I came back one day, we all had our own little basket that you'd put your shit in for like laundry. They would do your laundry. It was awesome. And in my basket, when I came back from my 45 minute workout, there was a note and it said something like, hi, I'm a photographer. Uh, I think you have a great look. Like I saw you, yada, yada. Check out you know, my website. Email me if you'd like to do some, some modeling. Same, same shit. And first of all, it's not that fun to be noticed for a modeling gig in a locker room. That feels pretty invasive. Do you know what I mean? I don't agree. But maybe it's just because I was like a fat kid, sort of. So that if I were, when this, I, when this I, guy had scoped me when I was naked. Right. But like, that means you look good naked. Yeah. But I don't want to be nude modeling. Right. I well, would consider modeling for like a clothing obviously, brand. Obviously, but or... that, that was obviously what this was on the surface though. He wasn't like come model naked. He was like, come on. Like, all right. Well, that's what body. you say. All right. So I'm sure. All right. We'll see where the story and Then is. I emailed him cause I didn't have, I was tutoring for $35 an hour at the time, which sounds like a lot, but I was only tutoring seven hours a week because right. whatever it's hard to so get was, that I, pipeline, I was, baby. this was right after i started selling cocaine too so i had a lot going on and uh <laughs> a lot of balls in the air eight balls <laughs> and uh i emailed the guy and he emailed me back and he was like yeah i just thought you had a good look yada yada and i was like okay cool so can you send me some examples of work that you've done and he goes sure just so you know there's a range from like I don't even know what, to, like PG to pretty racy. I hope that's okay. But we don't, oh, we, can, we, we can do whatever you're comfortable with. And I was like, okay, fine. The sure. classic abuser feeler. Dude, he sends me four pictures. And the first one was just like a dude in his underwear. And then the next three were like three black dudes, totally naked, like holding their dicks, straight up gay porn, biggest penises ever curved, you know, because it's like too much for it to go straight all the way. And Banana. then I was like, oh, man, sorry, not interested. Because I, I, you know, that's just I wasn't up for 
let my my d fly out you just want to get you holding your shaft dude yeah it probably wouldn't pay enough probably but, not but dude this is in or sorry how much would you need to get paid in okay order to so do this model? is a good segue into something that happened to me over the weekend i got an email out of the blue being like uh hey i was like looking for comedians on the internet comedians for hire would you be interested in doing a gig at a naked wedding oh yeah Oh yeah. Right. And then he's like, uh, hold on, let me get, can you pause this for a second? Let me get the email. Okay. So I get this email and at first I'm just like, Oh God, here we go. (laughs) You know, cause there's, there's usually some ways that you can tell where if shit's legit or not. Right. And I still don't know what happened with this one, if it's legit or not, but I do know that I couldn't find anything about the guy on the internet. Mm hmm. Or his his nudist colony. He's like, you know, we we're off the internet because uh, we we don't want to. Uh, we've got a lot of hate hate emails and shit. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing, dude? Oh, Francis is hydrating. Francis is drinking water out of like a Kilimanjaro survival kit. Camelback. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't mean to interrupt your story, but I went skiing over the week and I brought this with me everywhere. And now I don't want to drink water out of anything else. It makes drinking water so fun. That's hilarious. Yeah, I thought he was like inflating a bicycle tire. He's like fucking blowing on. Okay, um, sorry. Keep going. No worries. So you um, get this email. And, you get the email, uh, yeah. and it's like, and he had some good jokes in there too. He was like, uh, like talking, joking about being naked and shit. He's like some nude material. Like he said, like N E W parentheses D. You know what I mean? Like some oh, clever little little puns. So first I was like no, but then I was like, all right, well, you know. If he's paying enough, I would do it. I can be bought. This is my policy. If I'm not hurting anybody, if I have an extremely high chance of survival, I'm good. I can be bought to do anything. That's that's it. Yes, that's your barometer for <laughs> committing to something. Yes, and also as long as my quality of life is as good afterward as it was. Well, before. I think that's a big piece as well. That's Those a three major qualifier. Those three things. I'll do anything. I can do anything for any amount of money. Think you can think it up. Any crazy thing that you can think of, yes, is the answer. All right, so anyway, I say no, and then I'm like, you know what? How much are you guys paying? And the guy's like, well, you know, you know, somewhere between two and three thousand. Whoa. Um, depending Fuck on me. depending on the length of your set, he's like, we were hoping for two thirty minute sets. I was like, oh great, I don't have to do an hour. Completely what? Naked. He's like, everybody else is naked. Um, and then I was like, okay, dude, you could do so much crowd work. Let me, I know, let me get some okay, more information. Sorry, sorry. I was like, maybe it was in, it's in Venice, so I was assuming it was maybe like kind of like a gay situation, which Venice, is California, which is yeah, which yeah. is fine. I'm totally fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. no big deal. But I was like, all right, but let's still get more of a feeler for this. Then the guys, like the couple wants to see naked photos also. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, here we go, dude. And I was like, well, dude, I don't know you or them. I'm not just sending naked pictures to you. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe there's some way we can overcome this, but I don't know. And then he like sent me an email being like, okay. And then email me again the next day. Like, so how can we overcome this? And that's where we're at right now. All right. I have a couple solutions. <laughs> Let's hear it. Should we try? Yeah. Okay. I think you could arrange a meet and greet, right? No photos where the couple gets to see you naked, but they'd have to pay some kind of, you know, let's oh, say like a five hundred dollar deposit just for that. What if then this? But then you could also Skype, Skype. That's true. With some kind of assurance that they weren't going to retain the the photos. It's a good idea. Here's the thing I'm worried about. What if we have our meet and greet, and then we part ways, and three hours later they're like, "We're not interested <laughs> anymore." 
Well, then that, that would, would be a little demoralizing. But you're sure. right. I could get some cash up but front. But if you got a little bit of cash for it, that wouldn't be the worst thing. It, do you, so do you think this whole thing is a con just to get naked photos of you? It, it, it feels like it might be. Yeah. However, maybe not. I mean, but this is the thing. Like, people who are good at this kind of shit, they put the feelers out. They make sure. They see how much they can get away with, and they start doing more and more. I don't know that this is the situation. And, and it could be legit. Who knows? But... Um, it feels like with the lack of transparency on their end that maybe it is just trying to get naked pictures of you. All right. So so why don't you Let's ask for ask for some photos of the couple? Ask for like a wedding website, a registry, the location where the wedding's gonna be held. Get some fucking details, you know? Maybe ask for the names of some people that are coming to the wedding to see if you could get a referral just to make sure it's all above board. All of that stuff. You can ask for a lot of background info here because you're, you know, being sought. Right. All right. I've also found out that another comedian had got this email as well. Oh. But I haven't, sw- I don't know him that well, so I haven't spoken to him about it. But- so, yeah, I mean, three G's is not, is not nothing to, you know, lose right. wood over. So I'll tell you this, this, if this gig were to work out and I were to end up losing wood over this, yep. as you say, mm-hmm. if this gig were to work out. Um, I would have a great story to tell at the gig. Sure. And I'll tell you what, one other time I did something like this, not a naked, obviously I performed at Caroline's. These people got my information after the show and they hit me up being like, would you be down to perform at our husband's private birth, 50th birthday party? We fly you out. And I was like, do I do this? My parents are like, you're going to get murdered. Oh shit. And then I went into the gig. It was amazing. I didn't get murdered. I told the story about how my parents thought I was going to get murdered. And I've been friends with these people for 10 years. That's awesome. So, that's great. Shout out to the Ellens. Dude, private gigs can be pretty fun. Yeah, they can, They really can be. I think Tim Dillon once, maybe, no, maybe it was Aaron Berg, said that he had been hired to do a private birthday party, and it was just like a restaurant where he went, and there were only five people. It was like the, the husband's birthday, his wife was there, and then like oh, three of their friends. This. Yeah. And he just sat down at the table with them and shit on them roasted the guy <laughs> for like half an hour ate with them had a few glasses of wine and then left Great and story. got paid like two thousand dollars or something and that's I, we awesome. gotta have him on to tell that story sometime is that tim that was tim, yeah, Dillon? tim yeah. Dillon. dude that's fucking yeah. great dude i've done some really i know we've talked about this already but like even just more are coming to mind like i did a wedding or a, a wedding shower hmm. and picture this it's it's all women and it's the two families who are completely different people. Mm. Like one, I don't think they may have not spoken the same language particularly well. That's hard. Yeah. And in that gig and those gigs do people don't want to hear about your fucking story about whatever, you know what yeah, I mean? They, they want don't. to hear about them. Right. They right. want to hear shit that they, you know what I mean? So you just, if you talk to them, I guess this is doing shitty gigs one-on-one, just engage the crowd. Yep. Yep. You're doing it at some restaurant. Totally. You're like, oh, wow, the grandmother, huh? <laughs> You're a grandmother? You kidding me? You don't look a day older than 35. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, we, we've talked about it that, that the first time we ever met, that gig that yeah? Ricky came and did with me. Uh, that was great. Where I had been booked for it because of a referral from the dad of the girl I was dating at the time. He told his business buddy, that I was a comedian, and then that guy hired me a year out to come perform for his company holiday party or something, dinner. And by the time I did the gig, I wasn't dating that lady anymore. And 
the guy who had hired me like stood up to introduce me and was like, yeah, when I hired this guy, he was dating a, a very dear friend of mine's daughter and then they broke up and I didn't have the heart to tell him he couldn't do the gig anymore. Anyway, <laughs> please welcome Francis Ellis. That's great. <laughs> and uh, I came out there and I just like talked about. It was tense too, dude. Yeah. I was there for. I just did crowd work the whole time. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. I was walking between the tables. Right. And just like talking to different people. And that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You can't do your material. It's like, hard. It's definitely hard. Yeah. It was a weird. And it was also weird where it was in Chelsea Piers. Yeah. That was past weird. the hockey rinks. Yeah. And this like sky room. It was very nice, but it kind of looked like the prom in there a little bit. Nobody was having fun. People were a little a a uptight. It seemed. Yeah. Anxious. Anal retentive. Anal retentive. Hmm. Fucking crazy, dude. Well, okay, so we, we got a lot going on. We talked about the Globe and Golden Globes. Speaking of which, shout out Rami Youssef, who won a Golden Globe. Did he really? Yeah. For Rami? Best actor in? in a... I am in But I mean, let's not... I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm in like 90 seconds of the entire series. Hey, that's but, pretty good. Hey, you know. So what did he win? He won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy series That's or a big award dude he was up against bill Hader and fucking like big actors and and michael douglas what the rami beat michael douglas well rami was had said he was going to do the podcast previously we may have just lost rami to yeah. fame. <laughs> but Golden Globers we'll tend here. to tend to look beyond oops the podcast <laughs> but hey man you know we'll hey see. you never know we got some big guests coming up actually so we do stay, we do stay tuned everyone yeah don't don't check out now dude i woke up this morning panicking about the fact that i've taken adderall regularly for a decade Ooh. now i take a small amount i take 10 milligrams my the most i'll take in a day is 10 milligrams in the morning 10 milligrams at night or not at night in the afternoon usually maybe it's, a lot of the time i'll just take it 10 milligrams and that's it i'm probably doing that six days a week consistently the doctors are all like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It's fine. As long as you feel fine. It's such a small dose. Your, your weight could handle a much higher dose. But I woke up this morning being like, fuck, like, is this something that I want to like risk? Mm. I don't know. So I'm thinking about maybe trying to stop. To wean off. Or even like maybe it's an anxiety thing. The reason why it feels so good to me to, to take it and I feel normal is because it kind of kills my anxiety. Maybe I could just take anxiety medicine. I don't know. My goal for the next couple of months is to try to like figure out some alt alt plan for that why did you need to go on it in the first place i've i'm very add i know everybody says that. i'm like so add but like i really am like i started taking it and my life just improved in every single facet and i i had the urge to succeed and to be good at school and to be good at sports and stuff and i was never as good at it as i could have been and i i couldn't focus and when i started doing it everything just fell into line for me and i don't even feel it anymore i don't get that euphoria i, I literally don't feel it but i can tell when i don't take it hmm so, I don't know. Do you get withdrawal symptoms if you don't take it? Like, no. I'll probably just feel extra ADD, maybe. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't get, like, quote-unquote withdrawal. So, so, you have a hard time focusing. Yeah. Now, is it that your mind is scattered? Do you daydream? Do you not listen to what people are saying? No, I do. I do all of those things. But it's like, when I don't take it, my day just feels so hard. Like, everything's impossible. Like, whether it's taking a hoodie off of a chair and hanging it up or if it's having to sit down to work or to focus like it just gives me like crippling anxiety and then i just get tired interesting that is an, a very interesting way of describing that i've never heard someone describe that before because you're, you're right i think a lot of people struggle to focus right that's yeah. a pretty common thing i miss a lot of what people say 
when they're talking <laughs> to me. And and I think the problem is that someone will say something to me and then that spurs me like a word they say triggers this thought in my brain and I start a lot of the time I'm like is that can I build a joke off of that? And, I, and my mind starts just oh, going right, down right. a totally different track and all of a sudden I come back into the conversation and I realize that I haven't heard anything for three minutes <laughs> that I've just been nodding, nodding. glass-eyed and sort of uh. playing along and then I pick up the most recent thing they said and I'm like yeah trains are comfortable these days when was the last train you went on you know? and then they're like wow what a great listener and I'm like I fooled you you idiot um but 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 I don't I I was always able to like read and do my work without never chemicals yeah. I can't and I, I literally never until college and I struggled my first two years because of this in high school I never once started an assignment until the evening before it was due ever oh god ever and high school was easy enough that I got away with it with like decent grades still. I did okay. And then in college, I realized very quickly that that was not a plausible strategy. And I got straight C's first semester of, mm -hmm. of, of college. And then by the end, I was getting straight A's. Really? Yeah. And taking extra classes. Did you get on the medicine while you were in college? Yes. The middle, uh, I started taking it regularly the middle of junior year. Hmm. Did you notice a huge improvement in your grades once that Ever, in my entire life but yes the grades but in my entire life and there are ways that they say that you can offset this by you know eating unbelievably clean and not drinking they say that like substances at all make add people like go nuts sugar is i can't smoke pot i feel fucking crazy when i smoke sugar too so like i don't i don't want to live that life like that that sounds shitty where yeah. i can't eat any sweets and not have any fun and i have to eat horse food all fucking day that sounds terrible dude. <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't want to do that so I'm wondering if there's like some other kind of medicine that do it doesn't affect your heart that I can try. It'll help me. If anybody knows and you have any stories of shit that worked for you, please let me know. What, what about some of those other ones? The other like Vivenza or that's that's a heart. Vivance is a heart. Proclenza. They're all heart ones, but there's one called modaf modafinil, which is supposed to be the quote unquote limitless drug, but that one it doesn't affect your heart apparently. Huh. Um, dude, this is a very interesting topic. We should definitely talk more about this uh, at some point. But that's all we got for today. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Happy 2020. Yeah, and good luck with all your shit. You know, it's like, it's a, you don't have to feel like a hack for having New Year's resolutions. No. It's a thing that is helpful for a reason, and we're all doing it together. So uh, it's, it's hopefully it'll be easier. So get out there and fucking do whatever you got you to do. Bingo. Hey, folks, I'm at the Charleston Comedy Festival. Uh, at the Wolf Street Playhouse, I think it's called. Uh, check that out. You can get tickets at FrancisEllis.com uh, on January 15th, uh, Friday night. Hope to see you there. Awesome. And you can catch me naked at a wedding in Venice, California. I don't know. Uh, I, I got nothing exciting coming up right now, but hit me up at Not Julio. Uh, we love you guys. Adios. Are we recording? Check, check, check. One, check, two, check, three, check, four, check. five, six, seven, eight, nine, Oops, ten. Oops, All right. All righty then. Okay, we have a very special moment here, Chris. We have a <laughs> present for you, our beloved producer. And uh, the way I used to get, like when my, my dad, when I was a kid, used to travel all the time okay. for work. Yeah. Maybe he was having an affair. I don't know. <laughs> and um, we would, when he would come home from like China or someplace, my sister and I would get so excited and we would go, presents? And we would run to the couch, close our eyes, and put our hands out. 
because we we he would get us like a little trinket at the gift shop at the airport or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now I realize this isn't common for a lot of families, a lot of poor families. They don't have fathers that go to China, so uh, <laughs> I realize the privilege in this. Yeah, but we have a present for you. Oh boy! And I want you to close your eyes and put out your hands. Oh God, <laughs> this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> Okay. okay. Now, don't... But Chris. Okay. Ready? What's up? Open your eyes. That's a piece of paper. That's money. What is it? Ooh! Oh! $100. <laughs> don't spend all that in one place. Wait, now. Put that safe somewhere. Okay. Now, close your eyes. Okay. And put out your hands. <laughs> okay. All right. This is yeah. from Julio. This right. is, was his idea. Oh! What's that? Oh, my God! The rich get richer. Get rich or die trying. 50 Cent, 2006. Um, okay, close your eyes. Put out your hands. Oh, my God. I don't know if that was the year of that Jesus album. Christ, it feels like Christmas. Yeah, well, that's what this was for. Oh! Is that a five? Nope, it's not a $5 bill. Oh, man. Hey, there you go. We, we've done a great job, so we're really thrilled with you. Oh, wait! Put out your hands and close your eyes. Oh, oh shit. Look at this. Oh, Let's go. I bet you think there's more. There isn't. There's no more money. That's it. That's it. Sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's all we could afford. That's all you get, pal. <laughs> this has been a very bizarre. How about that? Nice. Now Thank you, Now phones. you know what it was like for me to be a child. Congratulations. Growing up. Yes. My father going to China and bringing back hundreds. So thank you, thank dude. You. We really thank appreciate so everything appreciate you've it. done. Absolutely, we we set aside a little bit of a, a kitty, as they call it, and uh, we 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 wish you, we could give you more, but hopefully we can right. soon. Thank you. But a little Christmas bonus, man. man. I really appreciate You're it. Absolutely. Man, thank you so much. Thanks for all the work you do. You're incredible. You're of a course. Good man. You're a good man. Cool. All right. So we'll put that somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. Julia, why don't you introduce us this episode?